No, I mean I skimmed a little bit, but you're right. It's it's very specific and Deeply very philosophical. Nope, nope. Philosophical. philosophical. Deeply philosophical. I like that word. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much what we bring to the table every single. I'm gonna every single try and use it in a sentence at some point while we're recording. Yeah, I'm Philosoph- writing it down right now. Philosophical. Philosophical. Nice. All right, Internet, uh, you're along for this ride. We are the Uncultured Saints. I'm Pastor Goodman, and joining me this day is, of course, Pastor Eli. <laughs> and uh, we are talking about um, the Lord's Supper this day. Uh, and as we, we grabbed hold of the formula of Concord, um, we, we recognize that it, it's really, really important. And I know that it's really important because it's really, really long. Um, but at the same time, I don't want to necessarily get lost in every minutia of the weeds in this thing because there's, I, I think, a point behind why our Lord would give us this supper. And the reason that um, the formula, especially in, in the Solid Declaration, gets to be so incredibly long all sort of circles this one key issue that we always have when God gives us a gift is that we want to do something else with it. God gives us his gift of his body and blood for us to eat and drink that that with our mouths we would receive forgiveness, life, and salvation. And we sort of end up always trying to turn that into something else. And every last time um, we, we grab hold of, of plowshares and try and make them into spears, every last time we take God's gifts and we try and turn them into to some other kind of weapon, uh, it only ever ends up as a, a weapon, um, as a burden, excuse me, and, and it makes life harder. So in all of this, our approach is going to be simply uh, how can we get back to God's own word and command? that, that um, what is the Lord's Supper and and what's it for? That, that as we start to parse what's going on inside of it, we might actually be guided by, I don't know, God's own word. What do you think, Pastor? You know, Michael Jackson quotes scripture once <laughs> in uh, Heal the World, Make It a Better Place. It's that, mm-hmm. it's that, uh, you, that uh, take your uh, swords and turn them into plowshares thing. He yeah, kinda, yeah. Yeah, he plays on that. You're right, though. The... <laughs> <laughs> we we always want to screw up what God has given to us. That's just that's our sinful nature. It goes all the way back to to original sin, and so we even do it uh, surprise surprise with the Lord's Supper. It's just it's just who the 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 fallen sinner is. Is we just want to take God's gift and use it for for the ways that we want it to be used for. So that's exactly what uh, the reformers had to deal with here. Is uh, here sitting here in the in the late 16th century or whenever they're doing it, um, they've got to actually fight against two two opposing ends of spectrums here, uh, and also individuals within the Lutheran Church. So we've got the the Reformed uh, way on one side, then we've got the the Roman Catholics on the other side, and then we got uh, Lutheran pastors and and teachers and preachers kind of slowly moving away from the Lutheran doctrine on on the Lord's Supper as well. So we've got to uh, bring them all back in here in the Formula of Concord. And so when you look at the Solid Declaration, that's the longer extended portion of it. You're right, it goes on forever. I think it might be the the biggest article within the the formula. Either that or uh, the Two Natures of Christ section is. Um, But it's because there's so much that they have to cover, so much that they have to deal with. 
So we're going to bore you to death today and go into all those things. Mm -hmm. I drew a picture of you. Look, you're bald. I am. Nobody can see that. It doesn't play on a podcast. When you make references to to Michael Jackson, uh, people that can look play on up a podcast because nobody nobody remembers. No, everybody remembers. They everybody. know the Thriller dance, but <laughs> you just got to go right to the really obscure B sides. That's oh, I'm right. Pastor Eli. I'm so trendy. <laughs> yeah, isn't that what hipsters do? They 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 take the B sides and they think it makes them cool. I don't know. Um, so the Lord's Supper, uh, sorry, I drew a picture of you and I thought it was cool. Uh, the Lord's Supper, <laughs> there's somebody else at your place. No, I just got to make sure my secretary doesn't slip on ice. We got three inches of snow. Do you seriously? It's 80 degrees. Yeah. I'm not joking. It's 29. Why is it it's that? Pretty, oh, wait, wait, a, because you have normal seasons and I live in Texas. Hey, yeah, it's true. I was in Albuquerque for a decade. So, uh. I saw three inches of snow uh, on the on the uh, weather forecast, and I started freaking out because mm. that's what that's what Albuquerque does with three inches of snow. They're right. like, time to shut down the schools. Yeah, that that's the only reasonable um, solution. Yeah, you have to do it that way. Sorry. So uh, I, I believe she made it in, so we're fine. Go ahead. All right. So if I grab hold of this thing, then, and we just start talking about um, what it is, we can even start to figure out why, right? We should be able to. Like, so, I mean, that's what you would think, but obviously we don't. I mean, cause... The, no, the, the place to start here is um, with God's word and not ours. And so we, we go to the words of institution. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and after giving thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. And in the same way also he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them also, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Um, this is what the Lord's Supper is. It is the body and blood of Jesus Christ given for sinners to eat and drink for the forgiveness of their sins. Am I, am I all right so far? I think you are. I think you're right on. It, and then, yeah, and... What do, what do we say in the divine service right after that, too? The peace it's of the Lord it, be with you always. Yeah, and also with you. And, and where we do we get that? Yeah, we, we yes. actually hold it up and we say, look at the peace of the Lord. You don't got to go looking for it. It's not from within you. Don't shake each other's hands. Look at the peace of the Lord. That's, no, that's the time for for the, the high fives. The high fives? <laughs> the church high fives. The fist bump. Because peace of the Lord. Churns. Yeah, peace of the No, um, you're right. The peace of the Lord, because it doesn't mean a hippy-dippy peace, right? It doesn't mean Woodstock peace. It means the peace between God and man, mm. because uh, we're sinners, and uh, we need this peace, this real peace. And then Christ uh, brings it to us. And we say the same words that Jesus says to his disciples right after the resurrection, when he uh, shows himself to them in the locked room. Mm -hmm. Peace be with you. Good. Right? So um, if, if it's actually Jesus there giving actual peace, um, you can know you're on the right path because, again, we're using Jesus' words. Um, if we're going to figure out this Lord's Supper bit, that's the safe place to be. I think one of the more dangerous things that happens isn't just that people decide, you know what, no, it's not because that's weird. It's that we start to use um, our words to describe the sacrament. We, and, and as soon as we start to bring our vocabulary into it, we start to depart from Jesus' vocabulary. And that means that when we have a different set of words, we can start to massage the meaning so much uh, more than, than just sort of 
obviously changing it. It's when we start to massage the meaning into something else that um, all the, the bad stuff starts to happen, and it's usually done with the very best of intentions. It's, it's done to sort of preserve either an understanding or, or, or keep people from, from having hurt feelings or... or um, or anything of the sort. But but every time that we sort of grab holds of, of God's words and we say, um, this is his body, um, but like spiritually, so not body, but like spiritually, um, we end up, well, apart from the peace of the Lord, uh, that the, the risen and physical Jesus who stood in the, the locked room would actually give to the disciples. Or that he would give to us. Exactly. Right here in, in time and space. You're right. The, the problem is we... We, in our natural flesh, we, we bump up against these things that just don't make sense. And then yeah. we have to try and rationalize them. We got to figure it out in such a way that we can have it make sense and we can know exactly what Jesus is saying. Because obviously he can't be saying that bread is his body. He, it just, it's just not, right? It, it, look at it. it. It tastes like bread. It looks like bread. It can't be body. It's got to be bread. And so we got to figure out what Jesus means because he obviously doesn't mean is when he says is. That's the rational That's the rational flesh. And so you either go, you go one of two ways. Uh, you either have to go to one end of the spectrum uh, where you're so philosophical uh, that you're, you're using crazy Latin terms to try and uh, decipher how exactly this bread doesn't exist anymore, but it kind of does. Or you go on the other side and you say, oh, no, 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 no. What Jesus really meant was spiritual. Mm -hmm. So um, two points. Um, first, I, I do believe that we've agreed to use the term philosophical for the purpose of this podcast instead of philosophical, um, but Correct. only to make me feel worse about myself as a person. Uh, second, though, this it's, it's like the little kid who's trying to take apart the vacuum cleaner and put it back together. Um, this is what we would do with the Lord's Supper, and every time we do that, it never actually comes back together the way that it was given. We, we take God's gift, and we start to pick it apart so we can have different things in it. Well, and maybe we should talk a little bit about the remembrance, because remembrance is... <clears throat> yeah. This, this remembrance is always uh, being drawn back into the, the gifts that God has actually given us. So Old Testament remembrance of remembered the Exodus wasn't just, hey, think back to the Exodus. Right. It was, it was always you're incorporated into the very gifts of the Exodus. It's, it, and, and it's oftentimes not just our remembrance, but it's God's remembrance of what he has promised and what is to come. Vacuum cleaner. Vacuum cleaner. Um, what if we... That's gone. That's I don't, I don't understand what I was saying anymore. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's very far from my brain right now. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. So do you want to circle back around then to... Um, instead of tinkering with God's word, just stick with God's word and command. He gave us this to do in remembrance of him. Um, but that doesn't just mean sort of think about Jesus' words. There, there's actually a, a promise attached to this, right? There has to be a promise attached to it. I mean, that's what God does with his words. He, he, he brings his gift and his gifts to us through his words, not just through us remembering, not just through, through us uh, climbing into the heavens to, to grab on to, to Jesus there. It's, it's no, God says something, and we take him at his word. God says, I promise to accomplish these things for you, and this is how I'm going to do it. And I know it kind of sounds a little weird. And I know to your rational logic, uh, it makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. But this is how I'm going to do it. And here it is for you. Take, eat. It's my body. 
the, the one that died on the cross for your sins, the one that was raised from the dead, the one that's ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father and has all things placed under his feet, including your sin and your death and the devil. So yeah, take, eat that body. It's, it's for you. And drink the blood that was shed for you too, right here and now. I know, I know, it happened a long time ago. But it's yours, right now. Take it and drink. Right, and, and I mean, I, I wonder if, if the reason that this is so hard for us to get our heads around is that our words um, are, are at best trying to describe reality, where God's words actually create reality. Um, and, and so when I, nice. when I hold up the, the little wafer, because I even have a hard time calling it bread, like this is dried out flour and water um, with, with like a little cross stamped in it. Um, I've had matzah. This is not you gotta matzah. You got to get the better one. Yeah, uh, you got to get the better so one. So I, I hold it up and I, and I say, this is my body. And I'm trying to describe reality with my words. And I, I'm like, well, don't look like it. Don't taste like it. Are you sure? Um, and God's word does not just describe reality, but it imposes reality. It creates reality. God was like, hey, guys, it should be light outside. And it was light. God says, this bread is my body. And so it is. And so when we're tied into to his truth about who he is, um, when, when we're tied into to his nature instead of our nature, when we're tied into his promise that is delivered through his word, then all of a sudden the words are, are not just sort of a description that would have us think, but they're actually a gift that would have us receive. And, and here, the Lord's Supper then becomes more than just trying to imagine what it would be like to live with Jesus and how you would totally not screw it up the way that uh, the disciples did, because obviously I have never put my foot in my mouth like Peter. And um, I don't know, who do you want to be? Good. What? Who do you want to be? Which disciple? Actually, I don't uh, want to be Peter. The best one. I want to be the best one. Well, who's the best one? I don't know. John? Thomas? This is the one he loved. John. John! John? Yeah, John's oh. a good one. I want to be St. Bartholomew. He's my favorite. The no name? Well, the, the no name slash the wrong name um, drops one of the hottest verses in the whole of Scripture and then gets called the wrong name after it. Um, St. Bartholomew, who, um, who, who I, I believe was flayed alive. Um, but my favorite part about him, the, the reason that he I love him so much is he gets left out of everything, even though he, he's clearly on top of the ball. Um, but then after he's flayed alive, like his skin was cut off him while he was still alive, you know what they did? They made him the patron saint of leather workers. That's gross. That's hilarious. They're like, hey, think about the worst day of your life while I pray for you to pray for me. It, it makes me happy um, that that's um, St. Bartholomew. He's like Charlie Brown who just wants to kick the football, and they just keep reminding him of how he's never once done it. Um, St. Bart is my favorite. I can get down with that guy. Um, but, but I'm convinced that if I think my way back to there, um, I can walk with Jesus and talk with Jesus so that he could tell me I am his own or whatever that stupid song says. Um, in reality, though, God's word affects reality wherever it is spoken. And so the, the point of the scriptures is not to make us think back. It is to bring Jesus forward. This is what the Holy Spirit does. He delivers to us the salvation that was won at Calvary. And it's an important distinction between salvation being won and salvation being delivered. Because were you there? Were you there? Were you there when they crucified your Lord? That's my favorite Lenten hymn. Stop making fun of it. You weren't there, though. Um, you're, I was spiritually. Every time I think back, I'm spiritually there. So so here's the problem with that statement, Pastor, is, is that what you're saying is you have to think your way back. You have to get your way back to Jesus because Jesus can't get his way forward to you. You have to go somewhere well, I, that Jesus can't. You have to be more powerful than him. That's and, messed and up, dude. To, well, I have to make sense of, of his words that don't make any sense. Right. That's 
that's the issue. So what in about, 1990? What about the word light made sense in darkness? All right, give me your in 1990. In 1993, uh, I was a kid, and I, I had this really difficult time understanding a particular song that was on the radio. All right, so we're going to go uh, to the uh, late 20th century uh, poet uh, Meatloaf. And he had this wonderful song. Uh, that was called I Will Do Anything for Love. <laughs> now, not anything. I will do anything for love. But I yes. won't do that. But I won't do that. See, and that's that was the, st- the, st- the stickler because I didn't understand what it, that right? was. Because Meatloaf's words didn't make any sense. I would do anything for love, but I won't do that. And it just didn't make any sense whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just actually didn't listen to the entire song, and, and he explains it there. My whole point in this is that we are awful at letting Jesus just speak for himself. When his words uh, say something, and like you were saying, Pastor Goodman, when his words actually say something and say, uh, here's my body, uh, the one on the cross, and I'm bringing it forward to you so that you can have it here, that just doesn't make any sense for us. And like you said, then we have to go backwards. Because that's what makes better sense is I can remember Jesus' cross, even though I wasn't there. But I can remember that. And then it's my faith, which is actually uh, the one doing all the work here. Well, when that's the case, where, where does all the, uh, where's all the goodness come from? Well, from you. It comes from, comes from me. Right. Exactly. And in all of it, we put the, 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 cart before the horse because the reality is nothing ever makes sense before God's word. What what sense did the word light make when everything was dark? It wasn't until light was brought into creation that we could look at it and say, wow, the light shines in darkness and darkness cannot overcome it. It's not until Christ hung upon the cross and said, look, it's finished, that we could ever actually start to see what grace truly is fulfilled in and what the image of God is is in this this creation after the fall and in what love truly looks like sense comes after creation and so if we're going to try and sort of puzzle our way into how god would be present in the body and the blood um you're maybe trying to start with your reason before you're starting with his word um his word affects it and our sense our understanding is normed by his word that actually creates so that we can look at it and say yeah this is how things are right now i understand light right now because i've seen light i understand promise right now because i've been promised to um our lord preached to us that we would understand who he is um our, our lord has as called gathered enlightened sanctified and even kept us in the one true faith where he would daily and richly forgive our sins and and the means by which he would deliver this daily and, and rich salvation is um well the word and the sacrament i can look to the the bread that i want to describe as bread even though our lord would call it something else and say all right so i'm trying to describe reality well, I better go to what reality is. Let's go to his word because his word shapes reality. This is my body. And so I don't have to sort of like spiritually work my way back to it or or take apart the vacuum cleaner and put it back together so I can understand how it works and honestly then try and repurpose it for something else because uh, that's what kind of sinner I am. I I can receive. And I think this is why our Lord would give it to us. Our Lord would actually place his body and blood in, in our midst, in a physical sense, that, that with our mouths we would receive forgiveness, life, and salvation so that we can actually be sure we have it. Because I'm trying real hard to describe reality, and the only words that I have are, are broken, sin, profane, dirty, unclean. Um, 
not working. I can look around it and say, I don't feel as holy as everybody else in these pews looks. And, and, and I know that I have done things that our Lord would call evil. And in all of it, our, our Lord would actually want us to find a certainty that it's not based on the internal feeling, but the, the um, external, the, the extranos promise. So he puts it right here so that my feelings would actually have something to latch onto. It's not that the subjective is bad. It's that the subjective needs to be normed by the objective. The subjective needs to grasp onto the objective. Okay. So <laughs> uh, if you're still with us, uh, Bastard Goodman there uh, went on a you missed uh, my eight and a half minute rant. It was not. Which was, which was great because that's that's just about a, how, how long his sermons are. Um, it was... It was great, and everything that he said in there was was phenomenal. But but he said a lot in there, and I think we have to uh, take some time to kind of backtrack with it because that's basically what this whole formula is about. It's this is the whole controversy that we we all deal with. It's the whole controversy. <laughs> it's the whole controversy that we still still deal with even today. There's nothing new under the sun, and so a lot of what Pastor Goodman was talking about. Uh, the reformers were dealing with, we deal with in our own sinful flesh, we deal with uh, with uh, other denominations as well. So let me ask you this, because like you, you said with the whole vacuum cleaner thing, right? We want to be the kid with the vacuum cleaner who takes it apart, so we figure out how it works, then we can put it back together, and most of the times we can't put it back together, but that's a whole different story. No, that's what sin um, is. That is the story. We took it apart, we can't put it back together. We can't fix it. So, so yeah, so when we take apart uh, uh, Christ's gifts here and, and we try to rationalize them, uh, rationalize the mystery that they are, instead of just receiving them by faith, then we actually screw it up, and, and we screw it up a number of different ways. And then we turn it into what it, it isn't. Uh, so then we can actually uh, we can actually parade it around, right? We could parade around the body of Christ, or, or like take it home and build a little altar. We could like grind it up and put it in our garden so the plants would grow. If if we want to sort of repurpose it apart from God's promise, so that we can try and make the world better. Yeah, yeah, but that's that's not how God actually said to 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 use this gift. Why do you say it to that's, use it this way then? Well, he said, take eat. For the forgiveness of sins, right? Right. It uh, here's life and salvation and strengthening of your faith. And here it is for you. It's me for you. That's the whole purpose of this. So when we take that and then we try and, your words, Pastor Goodman, repurpose it, mm. we're actually taking away the, the gifts of what God has actually given to us. When we're trying to turn it into something else, and so just... For instance, what we're talking about right now, when we're taking the body of Christ home uh, in our pocket because we didn't take uh, eat the entire wafer and then we keep it in our pocket and then we take it home and we have a little altar for it. Or like you said, we put it in our garden so it grows, blah, blah, blah. Not only are we using God's gift for something that he didn't mean for it to be used and therefore it's really not purposeful at all, mm -hmm. but then we also do away with the very purpose of what God has given his gift for. Not that we can actually destroy what God is doing, but in and of our own sinful flesh, we do not take God at his word anymore. If, if, the, if the body of, of Christ is going to uh, help my garden grow a giant pumpkin, what does that have to say to the forgiveness of sins anymore? 
Right. Nothing. It has nothing to say to that. That's the thing that uh, he actually wanted us to receive in it so that we would actually have certainty in the one place where we are the most uncertain. Because we can say, for example, I don't know if the plants are going to grow um, or, or if I can work my way to salvation but because I can't put the vacuum cleaner back together. But the thing is, God gave us his gift of, of body and blood to answer this the way that it was given. He commands us to eat it and drink it so that we could have certainty, so that um, we, we can say, I know I can't make this work the way I want. So it's not my job to make it work. It's my job to receive it. Yeah, uh, how, how am I worthy? Who's, who's worthy to receive all of these gifts? It's not the one who makes sense of it all. It's not the one who completely understands it or who's rationalized it in such a way that it, it, it makes sense to our, our understanding. It's, it's, the one, uh, it's the one who knows that he's broken and needs the promises of Christ. That's, that's who gets it. It's the one who actually sits in, in the pew uh, uh, humbled because of the law preached into his heart Humbled because he knows he's a sinner. Humbled because he knows that he has nothing to, to bring to God, and he's actually not worthy uh, for Christ to be in his presence. And then Christ comes and says, here I am, and here I am for you. Right. That's the one who's actually worthy. And, and I think that, that we're okay with that. Uh, but you said that's who gets it. The, the problem that we always sort of have it is, well, other people might get it too. Like, what if there's somebody there who's who's not worthy? Because our Lord says that some bad stuff can happen. And, and so we, we sort of, again, want to start to scale back God's words or, or, or use our own to sort of massage the meaning so that, um, well, maybe... Oh, no, no. Hmm? no, 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 go ahead. Maybe the, the people eating it and drinking it, um, it, maybe it's not actually the body and blood until it's received in right faith, like the moment it touches your tongue. And there's a fancy word called receptionism for that. Or, or, or um, maybe it, it is just a spiritual eating. And so if you physically eat it wrong, nothing bad can happen to you. Anything that we can do to get around the fact that, yes, the people in need are receiving it for good, but what about, what about the people here who, um, who, who might not be receiving it rightly? What about me who, who might not be receiving it rightly? How can I sort of protect people from the God who says he loves them? <laughs> Well, yeah, no. So the way that uh, the way that we do that is we we don't take Jesus at his word, right? So then the only people uh, who who receive Jesus are the people who believe, and everybody who doesn't receive Jesus, uh, or sorry, everybody who doesn't believe, uh, they don't get Jesus, so they they won't get this uh, eating and drinking unto their own damnation, sort of thing, which is just silly because if if everybody doesn't get Jesus, then nobody gets Jesus. And also, did you just quote the Incredibles? I don't know. Why I mean, are you watching cartoons? Which, because I have kids, um, and also it's a good movie. I, it's a good movie. Just, just if everybody's everything. special, nobody is. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, get back on your horse. I apologize. <laughs> hey, you can't let me distract you from these things with my my offhand cultural references. I'm I'm Eli. <laughs> That's it's not cultural. That's it's the Incredibles. It's a Pixar film. Everybody's seen it. Unlike no, okay. <laughs> unlike your obs- obscure Michael Jackson B side. What? <laughs> yeah, and Meatloaf. Tell me who doesn't know who Meatloaf. Anybody is. born after the year two thousand? <laughs> he so had our target two. Audience. He had two great careers. Once as a dinner. Well, yeah, okay. You don't get it. You just don't get it. I don't. 
Okay. Get back so you to just where you're blew going. everything. I don't even know where I was at. I don't where either. was I at? Uh, if everybody ah. receives oh, Jesus, everybody, nobody does. Yes. The Incredibles. Okay, so if everybody doesn't receive Jesus, then nobody receives Jesus. Ooh. And and. What have we lost at that? Yeah. Sorry, I was. Yeah, that's huge. It is. Would you sacrifice because Jesus for you to to keep him from somebody that you're afraid he might not love as much as you do? That that's a double insult. One that it Christ, really one that you love God, or do you love your neighbor more than God who died for them? But, but two, that you think you can do this on your own so much that when God places forgiveness of sins in your mouth, you're like, yeah, but I could probably do it without it. Yeah. And, and if, 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 if it's all about receptionism, that, that fancy word that you used earlier, mm. if it's, if that's what it actually is, then what actually makes this holy supper the holy supper that it is what is what's making it that is it jesus or is it us it's jesus it's, it's us. god's word that well, well I, oh well, you co- yeah correct yeah but if if, yeah, if we if would have whole... it be us either through exactly. the actions if, of a priest or through our spirits that ascend yeah we always want to drive this if show. if if we believe in receptionism if it's only those who believe in jesus and believe rightly uh, receive Jesus, and and if you don't, then don't worry, you're not getting Jesus. Then it's about our faith. Then faith isn't that which grasps onto something. Faith is something that actually does the creating work and the the life giving work that 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 God is that Jesus is doing. And so we actually turn faith uh, into not that which receives Jesus, but which is the most important thing. Faith just receives. Right. You're kind of staring at me. like. You no, that's absolutely like it. That. We, we always want to run the verbs. We always want to be in charge of this in the same way that, like, when I was learning to drive, my mom would stomp an imaginary brake pedal when she was sitting next to me. She was so uncomfortable <laughs> with me being in charge of this. It's that. Like, I'm so unsure that God would actually, I don't know, um, fulfill his promises that I'm like, yeah, but but I better be in charge of this. Um, and so in, in some way, shape, or form, we always want to start to run the verbs ourselves. And over and over and over again, throughout the formula, um, it, it's really just the confessors calling us back to remember God's word and command are for your good. This is nothing more than God's word and command, his promise to you that you receive, that, that you would, um, yes, spiritually receive by faith the gifts of forgiveness, life, and salvation, even as you, with your mouth, eat and drink them so you can actually know that you have them so that you don't have to sort of drive the ship when you have no idea where it's going. So, Pastor Harrison, that's that's why in, in our hymnal, in the LSB, we've got this uh, corporate confession and absolution uh, that I, I think we use. It's the extended corporate confession and absolution that some, some of our congregations use occasionally. Um, Ash I, I know that I should... Yeah, Ash Wednesday, uh, there might be, what, uh, Holy Thursday. Yeah, yeah. Um, But there's this section, you were saying, this gift is so that we may know for certain uh, that this is Christ and he's done this for us. It's for the certainty and the strengthening of our faith. And I love the way that we actually have that. Uh, So I'm going to quote this here. It says, so that we may more confidently believe this and be strengthened in the faith and in holy living, Our Lord Jesus Christ took bread, broke it, and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. It is as if he said, I became man, and all that I do and suffer is for your good. As a pledge of this, I give you my body to eat. And he says the same, we say the same sort of thing in in regards to this, uh, to to the wine and and the blood. Mm -hmm. 
it it is for the assurance of the uh, worrying, sinful, uh, doubting sinner sitting in the pew, so that I can know that I am forgiven. That's that's the blessing, the gift that Christ has given to us in this sacrament. And any time we actually try and use our rational logic uh, to to rationalize away or to make sense or to take apart that vacuum cleaner, mm-hmm. we're we're robbing ourselves of the gift of what Christ wants to give to us. Right. We're robbing away the assurance. Yeah, that, that's that's fantastic. Um, and in, in getting rid of the assurance, you have to recognize that um, when Jesus says the peace of the Lord be with you always, um, the, the assurance that, that comes from that, that's not a feeling. That's a present God. The peace of the Lord is is God being present. The glory of God isn't um, us sort of like um, being real happy about him. The glory is a, is a presence word. God is present among his people that they would have confidence, assurance, peace. These are, are words that actually talk to Jesus being here. When we end up trying to chase away the assurance so that we can feel more, um, I, I don't know, um, comfortable in, in running the verbs, the person we end up chasing away is Jesus. We don't want him present there. We don't because he can't give to us what he promises and we can give to ourselves better what he promises. It's so strange that we do these things. But that again, that's that's the reason why we do we do the service of the sacrament the way in which we do the service of the sacrament, mm-hmm. right? That's why we say the words of institution. Why do we say the words of institution? It's not because we think it's some sort of magical incantation, no. right? It, it's, it's not Fantasia. We're not Mickey Mouse here. <laughs> Is that is that a good enough I reference? Like that reference. It's not ex alberto okay. um, or, or okay. Mickey Mouse. Yeah. Same same. Um, yeah, same same, same thing. Same. Right. Uh, it doesn't work because you work it, or it's not Mickey Mouse. Um, <laughs> but that's not the that's not the purpose. Because you don't need to do a magic spell to make Jesus forgive you. You don't need to pay a priest to say eight masses for you to make him forgive you. That's not exactly. the purpose. The purpose is. The purpose is so that I may be confident and sure that this is the promise that Christ has given to me and that he's the one working it and he's the one doing all of it. Let me hear his words of promise. Okay, take eat, take drink. I'm going to go confidently knowing that that this promise of forgiveness is, is for me. Right, because Jesus is here for you like we're not just remembering jesus and and trying to feel better about ourselves today jesus is here for you that we can go forth with the confidence not in ourselves but confidence in jesus yeah that's how it always has to be. absolutely the confidence is is christ and christ alone for us don't take christ out of his sacrament don't take christ away from his from his uh, promises to you don't turn Christ into something that, that he wasn't. Don't parade him around. Don't put him in your garden. And, and honestly, don't even try too hard to understand him so that you have the right philosophical terms so you can say, um, I, I understand perfectly how this both is bread and body at the same time. Just rejoice that God promises. And um, the sense comes after the word. Um, I, I don't have my head entirely around how God could do it, but if I had had my head entirely around how God works, that would make God pretty small. Like, I don't understand how the internet works. I I know that it, it does. Um, ask, I, ask Al Gore. I don't... <laughs> timely. I don't understand how God would do this thing. But I behold his word that, that affects it, even as he speaks it. And I say, amen. Um, it, we're we're going we're gonna to speak about this uh, next time. Yes. Uh, when we're talking about the two natures of Christ. But in the same way that, uh, that Christ is both God and man, 
and and in that way, and what I mean by that is I can't understand that. He's got to be 50-50 or 90-10 or something-something, but he can't be fully God and fully man. And yet he is in that way. And, and as I receive that in faith, I do the same with this Lord's Supper stuff, right? Take, eat, this is my body. Eh, it looks like bread, but you say it's your body. Mm-hmm. And therefore, you create what you promise and what your words say. And so here it is for me. And that's as far as I, I can go. My rational logic has to be uh, put aside and, and faith has to take over when it comes to the things of, of the gospel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's perfect. I know. Because that's what the Lord's Supper is, though. It's, it's the gospel delivered. Um, of, of all of the, the, the topic in this, it, yes, it is God's word and command, but, but God actually commands you to receive the gospel. Um, and that's where the beauty of, of that whole, and we were just talking about this before and kind of doing the whole law gospel distinction thing um, and, and where exhortation falls into this. Um, God would exhort you to receive good things, both through the doing of the law and through the receiving of, of the gifts. The, the question is, where is the power come from to, to affect it? Where is the mercy actually in? Where, where, who's running the verbs? It's Jesus. God Jesus. says, receive the gifts. Come, come to church and receive, receive the gifts. Why? Because they're really, really good for you. Yeah. How do you want to know I'm worthy? And if, oh well, yeah, you're not in and of yourself, and then that makes you worthy. It's it's it's, it's the one who realizes that it's Jesus. Words. Yes, it's faith in these yes. words given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins that makes you worthy. And so then I can say, well, you exhorted me to do a whole bunch of stuff, but I didn't do it. And Jesus can say, well. So let's let's do something different then. I exhort you to receive, not to do. Yeah. Yeah, take eat, take drink. And then it's for go you. forth not being so afraid of the law. Go forth not worrying so much about this thing resting on you and having to take apart the vacuum and, and having to run the verbs and having to sacrifice the mass and, and having to, to spiritually ascend to heaven or having to remember Jesus or having to be a better person. Receive the gospel. This is Jesus' body for you. Yeah. That seems pretty simple. Yeah. What? Why do you always want to screw it up, Pastor Good? Uh, I'm a big sinner. <laughs> that, that that's the long and short of it. That is. That is. And, and the thing with with us with us Lutherans is is we can we can sit and we can we can point the finger at the Roman Catholics and it's say, do. look how it is. Look how bad you are, and you don't get it, and you think that the uh, you think that the priest sacrifices the mass and. And uh, does all this sort of stuff, and you parade around the body of Christ, and you put it in a little tabernacle, and all of this sort of stuff. And then we can also point to all the reform and say, you guys are a bunch of idiots because you don't believe God and take him at his word, and blah, 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 blah. And uh, intellectually, we can do that, and yet when, when I'm sitting in the pews, uh, I'm running that entire spectrum, too. And... And what I need to realize, and I think you kind of spoke about this, Pastor Goodman, is the sinner in me always, the sinner in me, not the sinner in Someone you else. out there. The sinner in the Catholics. The, the sinner in, <laughs> yeah, the sinner in me uh, wants to screw this up too. The sinner in me wants to be able to, to pick apart the Lord's Supper so it makes sense or rationalize away the Lord's Supper so it makes sense. That's what the sinner in me, that's what I want to do. 
Instead, I should probably just show that show up and and have Jesus speak his promise to me. Right, because that's that's just supper. it. He's not giving his supper to the Roman. Catholic. He's giving his supper for you, not for somebody else. Yeah. For you, there's no way to get around it because it's in your mouth. Um, it, it's the most one-on-one aspect of our personal relationship that we want with God that we'll try and seek apart from His Church in a general sense. He's trying to give you a literal personal relationship, if you want to use that awful terminology, right there. There's no way to have a, a more direct and intimate relationship with, with, with God. There, a communion with God might be a better word, but then we'd actually have to, I don't know, take communion. Um, then, then to go and receive his body and blood in your mouth so I can say, this is God doing something just for me. And, and, it, and if communion isn't that, uh, then I have a, a lot easier time uh, Skipping church. telling myself, yeah, telling myself, telling my pastor, telling everybody else, oh, I'm just having a personal relationship with Jesus on my own, and I can do that uh, at home. Uh, I can do that by myself. I can do that, uh, yes. Or, you know what? I'm a little bit better than that. I actually go out and I, I, uh, I walk in God's glorious nature. Not me, just carbs. Just carbs. But I, I can rationalize that. If this isn't actually Jesus for me here in time and space— why do I? I don't have to go to church. I can, I can be close to God in my own way. That's stupid. <laughs> He's here for you, physically. Eat him and drink him. <laughs> yeah. Stop, stop telling God how He needs to work. Yeah. And stop trying so hard to understand it. It's a gift. Rejoice. Um, hear His word and and let that norm your understanding. That norm your faith. That norm your hope. That's right. You got any parting references? No, because nobody gets them. Uh, that's what makes them great, I think. Man, that meatloaf song is great, though. What's the one about bats? I'm dating myself a little bit in that no, you're older than no, me. There's no stop. There's no song about bats. He's got two albums. That The first one's Bat Out of Hell, and then the next one's Bat Out of Hell 2. And that's where is I would do anything bat or a second love hell? comes from. No, it's again. It's the same. So bat, the bat the same went back hell, to hell. Just, yes, that's a stupid bat. Well, the eighties were a weird it, time. No, that was ninety three. It was ninety three. Yes, wow. it was ninety three. I was nine. And bat okay. out of and, and bat out of hell one was was in the seventies. There was nothing eighties about this man. Come well, on. What? Oh, okay. Man, it's <laughs> awful. All right. Uh, thanks, internet. Uh, lead us out, pastor. Bye. Perfect.